0: Great, right. so um, yeah, good afternoon everybody, um, yeah, w- welcome, I hope you've been enjoying the service so far, we're going to be carrying on um, our look into the Gospel of Mark, um, which is, yeah, a, r- a real deep dive, which I hope you guys are enjoying, we've been doing it for a few months now, and um, yeah, so this afternoon we'll just be picking up where Graham left off last time, which is Mark chapter 7, so if you can turn with, you, turn with me in your Bibles please, so Mark 7 verse 24, which is where we'll be today. So I'll just give you just a couple of moments just to get there. Great, and I'll be reading from the NIV. And we'll just be reading down to verse 30. So, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered the house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, "For such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter." She went home and found her child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Amen. So, um, I don't know about you, but when when I read this this passage or, or come across this story, it, it always feels a little bit awkward to me. Um, yes, like of course it's, it's the word of God but then it feels a bit awkward because it doesn't quite fit the narrative of the Jesus that I think about a lot of the time in terms of you know Jesus meek and mild and you know, uh, you know very soft and mild mannered actually in our passage today um, he's compared somebody with a dog which is a little bit difficult to get our heads round for me anyway I, I don't know uh, for, for whether, whether that's true for some of you guys as well, and I think sometimes the Bible's like that, really. Actually, in, t- in terms of it, it's not all easy and soft to digest. And actually, the question to us as Christians and, and within the church is also: how, how do we respond when we come across those perhaps maybe more awkward or uncomfortable verses within the Bible? And um, Naturally, um, I think my response or our response sometimes can be to try and uh, soften what's said somehow um, and try uh, in order to try and defend what was within the Bible. And, try, and in doing so, we can fall easily into the trap of kind of hijacking the story or altering what's written in Scripture um, to fit a bit more easily with the narrative of our day and of our culture so um, there are many examples of this (laughs) Um, uh, and preparing for you know today's word i kind of came across um you know a a few like blogs online and one one of them in particular i I thought did did this to an extent in terms of actually maybe presenting you know what uh, happens in these verses that we read in mark today as an example of like new feminism and how it kind of, what actually these verses are speaking of in the Bible are about redefining the role of women within society. Um, And the writer kind of described how Jesus um, had like this misplaced assumption about what his mission on earth was until the Syrian Phoenician woman in this passage kind of opens his eyes to what, he's supposed to do actually as um now that he's on earth as a son of god i mean a, a line from the blog says this just goes wow that sorrow phoenician woman just called out jesus when he tried to shut her down i love that when jesus tries to squash her voice and tries to silence her she calls him out she refuses to assume her place under the table eating scraps and that is so bold and confident and for, for, for me, the, I find that difficult because I, I don't feel that that's what this passage actually represents. That's very much actually in keeping with what um, our culture likes to speak about, um, which is about our rights related to our identity, you know, whether it's you know, being female or being black or being whatever else, all the rights that are kind of attached to that. But that isn't what this passage is about to me. Um, And that's not to say that the Bible doesn't have plenty to say about the rights of the individual. In fact, actually, a lot of the conversations about rights of the individual are rooted deeply in Christian principles. So it's not for me. So I'm not saying that that is not right in and of itself. But what I'm saying is that that isn't actually what this passage is about. And in fact, this passage is actually about the exact opposite in terms of that... This, it's not the story of a woman of this woman refusing to assume her place underneath the table um, and knowing her rights and standing up for it against Jesus it's the exact opposite it's her uh, accepting her place in a way that is a model to each and every one of us as we'll find out um, as we explore these scriptures more deeply today um and as I've touched on our natural response to difficult or awkward parts in scripture can be to try and change scripture to try and fit in with the culture around us whereas actually our calling as Christians is actually to rather than trying to make scripture palatable to society is try to draw society to try and live to the standards of scripture so the complete opposite the way around and I mean, it's easy to forget um, that actually these verses that we read today are not just awkward in 2022. Um, they were never not awkward. They were awkward when they were written. And if you cast your minds back to when we started the, the, the Gospel of Mark, actually, Mark's Gospel is addressed um, to burgeoning Christians in Rome uh, who were non Jews. So if you imagine you know, try, trying to strengthen somebody's faith or try to tell them the first things that they might possibly know about their faith, um, trying to if you're going to write a letter to them, you probably wouldn't write a letter to them saying that uh, you know, the Messiah has referred to them as potentially dogs. Would you, you'd probably leave that part out. Um, but actually that, that isn't what Mark does and actually that's another reason for why you know the awkward parts of scripture like this rather than kind of sweeping them away and hiding away from them actually they're things that as Christians we should hold up because actually they they what they speak of is the authenticity of the scripture and the bible that we read because actually if they were just man written and man made a lot of the things Verses like these that we've written today wouldn't be there because they don't make any sense if you're just trying to sell or convince somebody of something for a political motive or otherwise. Um, uh, another example, or maybe we can look at it another way. Um, so the parallel passage for this um, uh, uh, for this uh, story in another gospel is in Matthew chapter 15. And um, in, in, in that parallel passage, uh, Jesus is, it says more about what the disciples were doing at that time. Um, and so actually you have Jesus' male disciples rather than encouraging this lady to try and find her miracle and obtain the miracle for her daughter. They're actually being obstructive and asking Jesus to send her away. Um, which in another way is a way of saying that actually that this uh, w- uh, female, this woman, has understood something that a man has not. Now, in in 2022, that may not seem such a novel thing. And actually, I'm sure lots of ladies sat here today will think that, yeah, a lot of the time, women understand things that men do not. Um, But in the first century, (laughs) Ruth's nodding away there. (laughs) But in the first century, that was actually quite a novel thing. I say novel, it was a nonsensical thing, actually because of how women were ranked socially at that time. So if you were going to write a story, you wouldn't write a story in which a woman has understood something that a man has not in that time. But it's there in your scripture, in your Bible, okay? Um, so Again, the things have, uh, got the, the, these things are written in there because they're true. Um, and, and that can give us faith and confidence as, as Christians when we're speaking about scripture, knowing that actually it's not just the clever words of, you know, a... Um, you know, uh, of somebody 2,000 years ago trying to convince people for a political motive, or trying to, you know, uh, brainwash people to buy into the Roman Empire. Actually, there's loads of things in here that wouldn't make any sense if somebody was trying to do that. And um, and actually, it gives us strength to recognise that actually what we read in Scripture is the Word of God. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, Psalm 18 verse 30 says this: "As for God, His way is perfect." Um, the Lord's word is flawless; He shields all who take refuge in Him. And I love that verse because um, it can, for me, it gives us confidence as Christians that when we say things that are countercultural and are really awkward to say yeah, um, in, the, in our modern days and times, um, that God is there to shield and refuge us from the potential pelters and the heckles that you might get. For standing on what is written on his word and uh, um, psalm 119 tells us that god's word is a lamp unto our feet and so actually when we come across verses that are awkward you know look at in scripture and think I, I don't really quite understand or god i'm not really sure what you were getting at here we know that we can look at his word and and look deeper into scripture to find the answers And and that's what we need to do, really, is to look to his Holy Spirit to guide us as we uh, dig deeper in to understand the bits that are a bit more tricky or confusing at first glance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, So with that said, we'll we'll look a little bit deeper into our verses today. So the first verse, um, verse 24 of Mark 7 says, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered the house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. So if you recall from the last time that we were here in Mark, um, Jesus had just had another showdown with the Pharisees. um, And, you know, the seven chapters of Mark we've been reading so much uh, so far, I've found the Pharisees pretty annoying. So I can understand how Jesus would need a rest after having a chat with them. And he 's trying to get some respite from them, and he needs uh, and he went at length to do that by traveling all the way uh, to the neighboring vicinity of Tyre and The fact that Jesus goes to Tyre is significant in itself. You know, uh, Tyre is like uh, a neighboring uh, region, uh, and amongst Israel 's you know, biggest rivals historically um, they 're within that group of people um, that the Bible refers to as the Canaanites. Um, and, you know, the enmity between the uh, people of Israel and the Canaanites is effectively as old as time itself. And, you know, the battle between the Canaanite people and um, the Israelites um, are, are well documented through Scripture, right from, you know, Genesis through to, uh, especially after, you know, the, the Exodus and when, when God's giving uh, the people of Israel his promised land. And, um, in f- further details given about Tyre into the words of the prophets like Isaiah and Ezekiel um, who are really vocal in their condemnation of Tyre um, Ezekiel 28 goes as far as drawing parallels between the king of Tyre and Satan himself um, uh, and the, the passage uh, at the end of chapter 28 describes God's judgment on the regions of Tyre and Sidon. you have to turn it up. I'll just read it quickly, it says no longer will the people of israel have malicious neighbors who are painful briars and sharp thorns then they will know that i am the sovereign lord so the repeated victories that god gives his people over the people of tyre um, was how god underlined his identity as being their god um, and 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 the jews as being his chosen people um, and so that's how they became the Jewish people. Became aware of their privilege of knowing who they were, and, and this led to you know, them having this, this common term for people that were non-Jews as dogs. So, going back to our verse today, um, Jesus has kind of gone as far away um, from his people as you can imagine. You know, he's, he's gone um, to somewhere where you know typically a Jew would never be found. You know, because we think about you know that that, that history of enmity and the people that are referred to, as uh, you know, I to say, as dogs or otherwise. He he has gone as far away as he possibly can to be hidden, um, but ultimately the verse shows that he he can't be hidden, um, and I think there's just something so distinctive and, and true in, in that, is that you know you, you don't need to, to to be Jewish to recognise how special Jesus is. Um, you don't have to be an Old Testament scholar, I mean, certainly this Syrian Phoenician woman wasn't, um, to recognize how you know, beautiful Jesus is at his heart and what he is able to, to offer. You know, Even if you're plumping for the opposing sides, um, uh, you know, as you know, this lady historically would have been, um, there is something distinct about Jesus that means he can't be hidden. You know, like I said, there's that parallel earlier on in, in Old Testament scripture between the you know the people and the king of Tyre and Satan himself. So even so, in a way, actually, even in the the darkest possible setting that you can find, uh, the most remote setting from 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 god's people that you can find jesus can't be hidden and i think there's a truth in that that is so translatable to us in living our lives today you know as christians in that a living faith a living relationship with jesus christ is not something that can be hidden um you know the bible refers to jesus as the light of the world moreover it refers to us in matthew chapter five at his church as the light of the world as well and a light that cannot be hidden and i mean there's this so it, i i just want to throw the gauntlet down to you church um in terms of you know if i went to your workplace to your school to speak to your neighbor would they know that you are a christian would they be able to testify of the presence of jesus within your life um, and if the answer is is no then that's something that we need to be praying about actually and, and that challenge goes to myself as well because I think it's sometimes so much easier to go with the flow and go with the culture and not speak up and actually to try and bury our little light but actually you know all those kids songs and you know let your light shine and shine jesus shine i mean i I, they're so cheesy but they're so true Uh, and so we we need to be letting our light shine let jesus be visible he can't be hidden um we um, let him be seen through our good works through our blessings to other people Um, and if that isn't the case we pray to him for faith for courage to actually be able to speak up and make him more visible in our lives um Moving on to the next couple of verses, um, verses 25 to 26, I'll just read them again. It says, in fact, as 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 soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. And... You know, Mark makes a real point here, I think, of highlighting how outside you know, the acceptable social norms for uh, Jewish norms of that time, this, this lady is, you know, he didn't just say that you know, a woman from Tyre, she she was a Greek, she was a Syrian, Phoenician, she was a woman, we've already spoken about that, so, so there's that, that's that triple whammy in terms of like, you know, uh, social acceptance or lack of social acceptance in terms of these different uh, you know, constructs of her identity um she, so she was effectively as far away from the, the ideal jewish chosen privileged person that you know we that, that the people of that time would acknowledge or look up to as being um you know uh, god's chosen one uh, and within 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 that uh, you know before we focus on her identity in that way, um, I think sometimes what's forgotten as well, which I think is so important, is her identity as a mother as well. And um, I think, you know, she, you, you have this this mother that is is begging, that is you know pushing past you know all, all this the, the 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 cultural barriers, you know, the 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 um, religious barriers, the kind of the, the male disciples kind of in her way trying to stop her. She's pushing past for the sake of her child and i, I just think there's something so uh you know, powerful in that because uh, i mean I, I i don't think there are many prayers or petitions quite as strong as that of a, a mother and I, I know it's not until next week in terms of mother's day but I, I i think as a church i think it's so important um to reflect and appreciate our mothers really um you know our uh our physical mothers um, who have given us so much, uh, our spiritual mothers that we have within this church as well, you know, that that, that pray incessantly uh, for us um, on our behalf, and um, I I don't think we can appreciate them enough, and it's something that is held up in scripture, you know, some of the most powerful prayers within scripture are by mothers, you know, Mary, Hannah, Um, and so, um, i think there's just so much that we can uh, that we can gain from mothers and from women um, and I, I think it's worthwhile taking uh, a regular moment to appreciate our, our mothers and our ladies within the church as well um but with with, with that um you know the, the word that's used in this passage to describe how this woman uh, begs for her for her um, child is Um, it's a kind of a continuing participle, so it's not to say that she just kind of asked once, oh Jesus could you please, um, do you mind um, uh, casting that spirit out of my child and and then just waited patiently, no it's actually that she kept asking and asking and begging and begging and begging and again I think there's something in that because um, Graham spoke last week from Daniel about prayer um, and actually how Daniel prayed for three weeks and had no inkling that anything was happening in response to his prayer, um, whereas actually something really significant was happening in the spiritual realm. Um, And I think for me, it doesn't seem like a coincidence that the following week I'm standing here and I also feel that this passage speaks of the need for us to pray um, repeatedly and pray and pray and pray and to learn as a church the art of praying even when it seems like we're not getting the response that we want the art of begging and asking and petitioning for the things that we uh, desire and for uh, the things that we desire and more importantly for God's will to be done um, um, and so for me that's something that I know that I need to ask God and for his Holy Spirit to inspire me with as well you know in terms of you know actually getting used to and for us all to get used to um not praying in a half-hearted manner and, and not you know praying beyond you know the minute and a half or the couple of minutes naturally thinking oh you know actually i we oh god we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to come. We are going to pray and pray and pray and pray until your kingdom comes. And to have that attitude and that inspiration of his Holy Spirit to be able to do that is something that we need more of. So um, like I said, I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that God has led us to two passages on two consecutive Sundays about, about this. And let's develop that habit of prayer as a church. Um, I just last few verses i'll just recap them again in verses 27 to 30 of mark 7 say this first let the children eat all they want he told her for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs lord she replied even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs then he told her for such a reply you may go the demon has left your daughter she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone now like the the word used for, for dog here um, is actually presented in a form uh, which maybe uh, in, in modern English is is less harsh than it initially sounds. It, it, it's actually maybe it sounds more like puppies really rather than kind of you know uh, rather than dogs. But uh, and I guess it presents it more as a as a saying rather than you know Jesus. You know, pointing a finger at you, you dog kind of thing, really. However, this doesn't stop people from kind of moulding this story to fit into their own narratives, as I, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and and particularly, you know, maybe mo- most in keeping with kind of the, the 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 morals of our age, presenting this story as kind of as I mentioned earlier, the Syrophoenician woman opening Jesus's eyes to actually, uh, you know, what it is that he's supposed to be doing. You know? Uh, in terms of opening up you know, his mission beyond the other Jews but uh, to me actually Jesus's actions here don't represent a, a lack of understanding of his mission uh, and this is where as a church we need to have um, a love for prayer and a love for scripture and understanding our scripture because actually Jesus' response here doesn't show that oh he didn't know what he was doing and this uh, lady has challenged him and now he knows what he's doing actually jesus's response here shows that he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows actually that the, the mission god's plan for redemption and the order and how god has ordained that the plan for redemption should go right from the beginning and the, the way that we know this is because jesus makes use of the word first okay he doesn't say that the children or um, he says first the children should eat from the table. And this indicates that redemption was not just for the children uh, in terms of the house of Israel, but for the entire human race, starting with the Jews first. And this is entirely in keeping with God's plan from the beginning. Let's go right back to Genesis, you know, chapter 12, verse 3. This is what god says to to abraham you know the progenitor for the, the 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 family of israel he says this i will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you i will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you It starts with the people of abraham and the blessing goes out elsewhere you know, paul recognizes this in the book of galatians where he says this that scripture foresaw that god would justify the gentiles some non-jews uh me and you by faith And announce the gospel in advance so first to abraham all nations will be blessed through you so can you see how actually um it's not that jesus eyes have been opened but actually what jesus is doing is um is completing and fulfilling the exact plan that god has dictated in terms of how we would be redeemed from the beginning um and so if it's not like um if it isn't her ability to open jesus' eyes that has earned the healing of her daughter what 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 do we think it is then you know is is it this woman's faith in in, in her in her own rights and her belief in who she is her self- belief that has kind of powered her home and and you know shown to shown to Jesus that you know even though she it, uh, despite her identity as not being Jewish and not being you know, a male or whatever else it might be, that she it deserves the same miracles as anybody else because of intrinsically who she is. Is that what she's demonstrated to, to 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 Jesus? The answer to me is no. The outstanding quality that she displays here is not, you know, an intimate knowledge of her rights and her ability to you know kind of put her foot down and get what she deserved. Her outstanding quality um, is her humility, um, and that that's. The quality that we don't seek enough these days and she doesn't shout back you know how dare you call me a puppy or a dog or whatever else do you know who i am jesus that's not her response she's the only person to in the whole gospel of mark to refer to jesus as lord and her her response is actually to understand that jesus is up here and that actually she falls below it's not to say that i actually no you hey mr jesus you don't understand her response is to recognize oh, actually this is where i sit in comparison to jesus and he is lord her humility breeds a faith and a belief not in who she is but her humility breeds a faith and a belief in who the lord is and what they are as as lord jesus christ is capable of which is, which is to heal her daughter um, gives her humility gives her a knowledge of Jesus um, that is more intimate than that of the scholarly Jews and um, who uh, you know by genetics by um, study, should have seen with wide open eyes the Messiah in front of them and recognized him exactly who he was. They had every reason to recognize him for exactly who he was, but they couldn 't because of their pride, but this lady who has not read an old testament scripture who has who has you know the is you know by jewish accounts or understanding the, the wrong race and the, the wrong gender she understands because of her humility that this is jesus christ the lord of all who is able to heal her daughter and that is the key the humility and by recognizing this, she can see that God actually has not just enough for the house of Israel, not just enough for the children, for everybody. Um, she's not placed, actually, can you see how the, the pride of the Jews actually places a limit on God and actually makes God smaller, that actually all he, all he can do is help the house of Israel? But actually the humility broadens and makes clear that actually we have an infinite God who is Lord of all all stemmed from not self-pride or self-belief but from humility and and this is the faith that saves uh, humility brings a saving faith you know to, to see who god really is we need to lay down our identities as the world would dictate them to us We need to lay down our rights and the attitude that we deserve something because of who we are or that God owes us something because of who we are um, because the reality is that we are nothing apart from him. Um, Until we recognize that, we can't come to see God for who he is um, and we cannot nurture the kind of faith that brings miracles, that brings restoration in the way that this Syrophoenician woman has demonstrated today. that the the people of Israel at this time made the mistake of thinking that because God's redemption story was revealed to them first, that this in itself made them right with God. We are not saved by being Jewish. I am not more or less holy because I am black. um, Or the same would be true if I was white, if I was Asian, if I was female, if I was... um, could be taller to be fair but you get the gist of what i'm saying okay Um, whatever category you put yourself in um, the reality is the gospel tells us we don't deserve god's goodness so actually all those identities are irrelevant you can call yourself whatever you like none of us deserve god's grace but the, the gospel is the reason why we're here today is because we get it anyway not through anything that we've done or anything that we are but through the our lord jesus christ who came and gave everything and sacrificed his life on a cross and um, because he was perfect it means that we do not have to be and that's what we celebrate we don't celebrate who we are as if that's earned us something and um, we celebrate who he is because that is what has earned us everything um, and so the, the, the that, that's what we should be happy about it. that's why we sing on a sunday and I should sing every day and um, because the grace that jesus displays to this woman is available to each of us today um, all that we have to do is learn to display the humility and faith uh, to obtain it okay so i'm just going to pray to finish lord, lord jesus we thank you because scripture tells us that you are the word we thank you uh, for your words today um, which is clear which is concise thank you because we don't need to alter or change or twist or bend any of it um, it is it is true it is the truest of true things we thank you because of who you have revealed yourself to be and what scripture tells us about ourselves which is that actually we do not in and of ourselves we are not worthy um, but thank you because the story doesn't end there. The story continues with you um, arriving and coming up with a plan to redeem us. And uh, Thank you because of your blood that was shed to redeem us and bring this into your family. Help us to learn not to take pride in ourselves, not to take pride in who we are, but to... but to surrender and show humility in in the face of you and to recognize you as god and to let that humility pour out not just in that relationship with you but also in the relationship with the people around us help us to tell a different story to the um to the world around us help us to recognize that the bible does not c- contains a better story Sky News or whoever else um, and whatever narratives that we see in the world around us. Help us to learn as Christians to proclaim that boldly, not to hide our light, not to hide what you have revealed to us, but to proclaim it boldly and to be able to, to, to change the world for you.